Hello everyone, it's Arlen. This is Friday, April 3rd, 2020. Welcome to your first million. I interviewed Mark Cuban earlier today on a Zoom live video chat. And we had several hundred people in attendance and we had some really great questions. Um, and he was at, you know, top form like always, really, really willing to give the best of himself and to answer questions and nothing was off limits. So I wanted to share that audio with you right now. Um, I know today is a, one another day of this and it's, it's, it's difficult to deal with whether you're working from home or you don't have the luxury to do that. Um, and even if you are working at home, a lot of people are going through some things right now. So uh, I never thought I'd have to say this, but I have been reached out to by more and more people who are actually in the hospital right now or being uh, quarantined and are not doing well and are listening to the podcast during that. And I just want to say to you that I am with you and that I care about you and you're going to be okay. And I cannot wait to talk to you when this is all over. Thank you for being strong. And thank you for going through this. And um, yes, I, we are with you, all of us. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoy this episode, this interview with Mark Cuban. It is very helpful. It will be helpful for people who are entrepreneurs, who have companies, large and small, for people who are workers at other companies to understand what Mark thinks you should be doing right now. And yes, there is Mavericks talk and there's Shark Tank talk thrown in there as well. Okay, everybody, I'll see you on the other side. All right, people are already coming in. Thanks, everybody, for for joining us. We'll get started in just a sec. That makes it easier. Got Mark Cuban here. I'm sure you all know. We already have some excitement in the chat room. Um, and we also have a Q&A section that we'll have a little bit later. So if you have a question, a direct question for Mark, put it in there. Chacha will help us make sure we see it. Okay, so uh, let's get started, actually, Mark. Thanks for being here, first My of pleasure. all. Time. I know you've been making the rounds and like, making yourself available for different groups of people. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. Kind of start, kicks off the first question I have for you. And, and we haven't gone on over any of these questions, but I was just kind of wondering, I mean, I know you to a degree, right? We work together on certain things. We have a partnership going, which I appreciate. But I was, I'm just curious how you're feeling right now, because I think a lot of people think if someone is a billionaire, they're kind of immune to what's going on and they're not feeling it. <laughs> I'm stressed as shit. Yeah, I'm stressed as hell, man. I mean, because I've got all these entrepreneurs that I'm partners with that are double stressed. Yep. You know, my kids are stuck here. They're stressed, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, um, I'm comfortable in terms of financially, without question, but emotionally, mentally, everything else um, and all the people that are my partners I care about too and their friends and their families and my friends. I mean, nobody escapes this. It's not like I'm in this little bubble and I don't care. It's stressing me out. I haven't been able to sleep. 
Yeah. I mean, you're, you have, how many, do you know how many people you have in your portfolio? How many companies? I, I got a list because I needed it for the PPP thing, the, the um, loan program. And it's like 250. Yeah. So, and, and I would imagine that you, that no one prepared, like no, none of us really were prepared for this. You know, no, so of course not. So no. you, even, are you even like, just like blown away and shocked by, by everything? Yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, when it first happened, I mean, everybody saw me, saw the video of me when I heard about, you know, the NBA being postponed and then just the realization of, and the shock of, okay, this is real. And then, you know, everybody's got friends now that are sick, some that are very sick. And, you know, I don't know anybody directly that's died, but, uh, you know, I know of people and have met people that ended up dying from it. And, you know, this is real. And, and so you just, it hits you. And then for me, it was like, okay, what do I have to do to help people? Cause I'm in a position to help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have access, I have a platform, I can get information, I can talk to anybody. And so what can I do to help? And that was my initial thought. And, you know, that's where I've been trying to take it since then. And if you don't mind me asking you, feel free to answer anything you want, but where do you find solace and hope? Like, where do you turn or people, you know, who are the kids getting results? Yeah. In my hope, my, you know, my solace is from getting results from people and helping people. Really? You know? Yeah. That's like your men- like that's how you take care of your mental health is just to keep giving, giving, giving. Yeah. I mean, that shooting baskets. So that sound of the ball going through the net, <laughs> that yes. always makes me feel better. Um, sometimes it doesn't do it enough, but it, it makes me feel better. But um, yeah, just going and going and going. I mean, I've, I've been working harder since this hit than I have in Years. Years. I found that the 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 entrepreneur in me really comes out right now. There's there's the hacking and there's creativity that everything that I've been espousing for for ten years is is really coming to to the fray because you kind of you turn into that you know if that's well what I mean that's the, that's what being an entrepreneur is all about you know you're solving problems or you're making people's lives better or you're creating you know better situations and you know so if you're truly an entrepreneur you know, you can thrive in this situation. And particularly when everybody else is struggling, you hate to say it, but when it's difficult for other people, that's where entrepreneurs really shine. And, you know, like, like I've said, this is where the heroes are born. When yeah. when it's FUBAR, you know, this, this is where the heroes rise and this is where the new businesses are born. And 10 years from now, five years from now, we'll look back and there'll be 15, 20, 30 businesses that were created where we all said, damn, why didn't I think of that? And that makes so much sense now. Or this business really changed the game and this is how we got this is how we got back on our feet, or this was the idea that set us straight. And all those are going to be invented now. And, you know, I always have told all my entrepreneurs just to say the words, why not me? Mm. And if not me, who? Yeah. And if not me, who, you know, go, go for it. Right. It doesn't have to be me. I just want to see it happen. Yeah. If you were, if you were not a billionaire yet, right? You were still doing your thing and, and hustling in a different way. And this had happened. What do you think you'd be doing? Like, what would you be starting? A, like, do you recommend people start a company right now? I know you just said this is where yeah. big companies will be built. Yes. Now's the time to start a company. I mean, now you don't, you know, if your approach to starting a company is I have to go raise money first, then stop right now. Right. Right. Now's not the time. Right. Yeah. If your approach is, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Like I had my very first company, Micro Solutions. I started because I got fired. I was living six guys in the three bedroom apartment. I had nothing, you know, um, <laughs> literally when I say nothing, the way we used to pay our rent, the six guys, we'd all take turns writing checks to one guy. And then that guy would take the, the money to the, the 
leasing agent or the, the um, landlord. And one day this guy, Dave O'Brien, just left, just left hmm. and took all the money, got his, got his start. And so we were stuck. And in that very same business, we had a situation where we had $84,000 in the bank. There were three of us working there, maybe two years in and some lady um, that worked for us. And we thought we had it done right. You know, we, we were doing payables and I looked at the payables list, approved them all. Somebody else would do the, my other partner would do the checks. I would sign them, put them in the envelope. Then all this lady had to do was lick the envelope, you know, put the stamp on and mail it. Instead, she takes those checks, whites out the payee, writes her name in, takes it to the bank, steals 82 over $84,000. Wow. And so, you know, the shit was really hitting the fan. And when you get in those situations, there's just no point to get upset. Yeah. Like, okay, here's where we are. And so what I did then is what I recommend to people do now. Um, we talked to all of our vendors, every single one of them. We said, what was up now in that particular case, we were alone. Now everybody is scared. Everybody realizes that every single, almost every company on the planet is in a unique situation. So they're willing to talk, you know, and they're trying to make the, you know, a landlord is trying to have the same conversation with their mortgage banker. Who's trying to have the same conversation with whoever lent them money. And it's just this food chain going up and down and everybody's a mess right now. And so for your company, for your circumstances, you A, have to communicate. B, you have to be honest. And three, you have to be transparent. You Because you everybody knows it's a mess. You can't say, well, that's okay. And it's going to be different for me. That's BS, right? Yeah. Everybody's in a messed up situation. And you just have to recognize that. And anybody and everybody who's a stakeholder, you have to communicate. And what's interesting is you'll find that people in, in similar circumstances, and you'll come up with good ideas to deal with it. You know, if you help me with this, I'll do that for you. Or if you buy me some time on this, I'll buy you some time on that. You know, or let's both go to this banker together. Maybe we can work together on this. Or, you know, let's work. Here's how we're going to fill out the, the Paycheck Protection Program um, loan information. Let me help you with that. And you can help me with this. Everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's back's against the wall. And I'm, I'm a big believer that for an entrepreneur, when your back's against the wall, that's when you do your best work. Damon John and Shark Tank calls it the power of broke. Yeah, the power of broke. I know a lot of us can relate to that. Yeah. What what are, what do you think about reputation right now? Uh, I about think what? where reputation right now. This is where reputations are made and broken. This is no where, question. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how you treat everybody is how people are going to treat you. This is you know how you treat your employees, how you treat your vendors, how you treat your customers is going to define your brand for decades. Um, you know, we live in a social media world and everybody defines themselves by what they put on their, their Instagram, their TikToks, their Twitters, or Snapchat, you know, and you're not going to present something that doesn't fit with who you think you are or who you want to be. And if you go from a company that's being cool to all of a sudden you didn't treat your employees so well and everybody found out about it, you're not cool. You, you know, you're off the list, right? No one's going to rep you at all. Yeah. And so you see that um, happening you know, you, everybody's hearing stories now. Yeah, I got laid off via an, e via an email, you know, or everybody said that this was going to be okay. Then we got a blast voicemail. You know, those stories are going to get out. And those companies, when things turn around and we're in America 2.0 after this reset, those companies are going to be in, in deep shit because people aren't going to respect them and aren't going to want to do business. On the flip side, like I'm hearing stories like Bank of America. Say what you want. They're, they have 208,000 employees. They're paying every single one of them. Like nothing happened. Mm. You know, Starbucks is doing a lot of the same things. Walmart doing a lot of the same things. Some grocery stores doing now, you know, Walmart and grocery stores, their business is good. Starbucks isn't, you know, yeah. Bank of America's not. 
And so when you see companies that are doing the right thing and paying for their employees as if nothing changed, those are the companies people are going to want to do business with and their brand will be built in the exact opposite for the others. Yeah. And how do you, how, how do you, what would you say to someone who says, you know, I, I, this has really knocked me out. How do you rebound? I don't want to get too cliche with the words here. Yeah, I hear you. But how do you rebound in, in, from this type of adversity? Like, let's say you have just been fired or laid off just now. You know, pr- prior to all this, going on government assistance had a bad rap, right? You don't want to be that person and you don't want to feel like, oh my God, you know, I've, you know, now I've got to do this and, you know, I'm, I'm having to sign up for gov- government support. But it's different now. All things are different now. And so it's incumbent upon you, if you run a business, to know all the options that are available to you. If you've just gotten fired or laid off, or furloughed, whatever, to go out there and find everything. I mean, if you imply, apply for unemployment now, you know, the turnaround is relatively quick. And with this new um, stimulus program, you might make more now than you did on your job. But you don't know that unless you do the work. So get out there, take advantage of all these programs. And I really believe that the stimulus program is going to keep on happening. It may be $2 trillion, but it's going to turn to $4 trillion, to $6 trillion. And we're going to find out if, you know, going into unlimited debt for a country can make or break a country. But we are where we are. And you have to think out, look out for your family and yourself. So apply. Yeah. Apply right now. As someone who's been on food stamps before, who's gotten unemployment before, I will say that there is a stigma around it, but do not be ashamed to do that. In fact, you get those things because of the work you did in the past, because you earned it. So please look for it. We're having a uh, a CPA, uh, a financial literacy webinar today at 4.30 Pacific, uh, 7.30 Eastern. If you go to itsaboutdamntime.com, look in the events section. Um, you will see how to register for that. It's called that because that's the name of my book. Um, but it's about damntime.com. That's where you register at 4.30. We're going to have an expert on to give you the lay of the land. Um, and, and kind of switching gears just a little bit, Mark, the Mavericks. Now, I've never, uh, a lot of people here know me, so they know that I, I'm not a big sports person. I don't know a lot about sports, but I did grow up in Dallas. And so the Mavericks are very near and dear. Uh, Tell me some of the things that you all are doing. Like, how do you go into those meetings and how do you kind of strategize? Well, I, actually, I don't go into the meetings. <laughs> I've got well, great foundation people. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Just yeah. messing. Um, I've got great people who, who look out. So, you know, right when the all this hit and they canceled the season, it just so happened the Mavs were playing. And, and my first thought um, was, OK, how are we going to take care of the people who work hour to hour, you know, paycheck to paycheck? And so one of the things the Mavs are doing is we're paying all of our arena employees and Mavs employees as if all the games were being played and nothing got suspended. And we've kind of extended that. And I also have a restaurant in LA with my partner, Todd Wagner. We're doing the same thing there. Other or Rise Nation, where, you know, we were, um, it's an exercise facility um, for Versa Climbers and they're shut down. Obviously we're paying everybody there. And so that's just something that I've tried to do for companies that I have control over. I don't have, you know, for my portfolio companies, as you know, you don't always have control. Um, That's part one. Part two is, you know, we recognize that the real heroes and all this are the healthcare providers that are out there going to work, you know, saving people and putting their own lives at risk because they don't have all the PPE equipment, the masks, the ventilation, everything that they need. And so one of the first things we did was um, we went down to Parkland and UT Southwest and because those those serve the lower income residents of the city. And we said, okay, you guys, I think, have the hardest job and the most volume because this hits disadvantaged communities the worst. 
And so we're going to pay for your daycare. And so everybody that goes down there that has kids and needs daycare, we covered that for them. Um, we also took lunches down for them because all the lunches have to be individually wrapped. Now we're looking at doing laundry for them so they can just drop off their laundry. And when they're done with their shifts, they'll have their laundry done. So all these things, you know, when somebody puts their life on the line for us, you know, whether it's military or in this case, health care providers, I want to I want to give something back because I can. And so we're trying to set an example. And our foundation, the Mass Foundation, has been great. We've also given to um, Austin um, Shelter, Austin City, um, Austin Street Shelters. I forget the name. Um, also to food banks, to um, shelters for women, um, because obviously abuse has gone up. Um, so there's just all wherever we can help. We're really trying to be aggressive and accelerating things that we may have done later in the year. We're accelerating to now, and we're still trying to balance because we don't know how long this is going to last. And so a lot of people are just like help now, 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 and we're kind of keeping our powder a little bit dry just so we can keep on helping. So if this is going on two, three, like we just found out Dallas County's locked down till May 20th, right? So we know there's, there's another couple months almost and who knows beyond that. So we're trying to make it so that all of a sudden when other people forget and they're just focused on themselves, we'll be out there focused on people who are continuing to help. Yeah. You know, I, I'm looking in the Q&A room. There's a Q&A room you can, you can uh, for questions, you can ask specifically. I was going to get to them a little bit later, but I'm noticing there are a lot around investing right now. So either asking you to invest, asking me to invest, or right. what do you think people are going to be investing? So I, we did get a, a question from one of our portfolio companies at Backstage uh, that said, what do you expect or uh, when do you expect VCs to start investing regularly again? I know some of them have not stopped, but the ones who have, when do you think that they'll pick back up? I don't know. It really depends on the business. And it's not because I don't have the money or they don't have the money but it's because what your expectations are and the logic that you use to make your decisions in investments may be wrong, right? Mm -hmm. America 2.0 may be completely different. And, you know, I'm getting a lot of potential investments for sterilization companies and sanitation companies and scrub this and clean that, you know, and cures for this and cures for that. And I've kind of stayed away from all that. Um, if I see something that's a vision of America 2.0 that really resonates with me, you know, my, as you know, kind of, I look for deals where I say, why didn't I think of that? You know, mm -hmm. or that's, that's really going to change things. And so I'm hesitant just because I don't know if all those projections and that business plan, the entrepreneur wrote is that applicable at all, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's not that I'm not trying to invest. It's, I want to see where the world is going and, you know, try to figure out what's, what's going to, accelerate that or make it work there because i mean we're all figuring this out even even the most seasoned like yourself the newbies like myself we're all figuring it out and now any kind of data points or algorithm that we put things through is just turned upside down all wrong yeah all wrong but i will say this i think the the markets that you focus on arlen will be stronger because yeah. we're for people of color people in disadvantaged communities you know they're, they're going to need a lot of help. They're going to find themselves with a lot of people who didn't expect to be there, all of a sudden having lost their jobs and needing help and needing opportunities. And so, you know, people that, that can connect to those communities and come up with new ways to get people out of this and to really push it forward and to employ people and, you know, create a network effect of, of raising people up, 
I think I think there are going to be a lot of opportunities there. But again, it's not going to be something. I'm a real believer that the biggest businesses aren't going to be the ones where somebody goes out and raises five million dollars and then all of a sudden tries to buy sales and tries to do it the you know the Silicon Valley way. It's going to be where somebody says, "Okay, I've got this little idea. What do you think?" And somebody says, "I love it. You know, I'll help you make it. I'll buy one. I'll get other people to buy it. Where we can all do this together." And it has a network effect that takes on you know that takes off by itself, you know, yeah. and I think those will be the, the best opportunity. Like someone just typed, Carol just typed, you know, the network effect of raising people up. Whoever figures out how to do that could be the world's first trillionaire. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I just want to make sure everybody's hearing that part of right now is not the time to start new, think that you can start new relationships with new investors and somehow get some sort of capital today. And while you can use ingenuity over looking for capital. Absolutely, absolutely. Your equity and and what other reasons, Mark? I'll I'll tell you this, sweat equity is the best equity. And when when you meet people who have become billionaires, it's because they started the company and they were able to retain a big chunk of it. Right. If, the, if you go out and raise money right off the bat, you're giving up equity. And when you when you raise money, it's not an accomplishment. It's an obligation. And it also reduces your ownership. I've seen people sell companies for billions of dollars, but they had been so diluted. They own two, three, four percent, which isn't bad. That's still good money. But you would think, you know, they would be obscenely rich and they weren't. And they were companies where, you know what, they could have started them without raising a lot of money. But they just they just thought that they had to. Mm-hmm. You know, you do every, the smart entrepreneur does everything they possibly can not to raise money. Yeah. And I will take a moment here to to really make that line of sometimes people who are underrepresented, underestimated really do. We have gone through so much um, collectively that sometimes it does feel attractive to say, I would love somebody to write me a hundred thousand dollar check and just make this go away or make it, make it easier for me because I have gone through so much. And you do see the headlines and tech crunch, et cetera, of the guy from Stanford who got the 5 million to, to start a paper clip uh, that flies. But you don't see the headlines of that same guy who took 5 million and lost it all, right? Yeah. <laughs> and stuck, right? Yeah. We all think you can just fake it till you make it and fail your way up. You know, 99% of the time, that's not true. You know, yeah. and for those people, they were born with the silver spoon and chances are they were going to fail their way up anyways. But if you look across the country, if you go outside of Silicon Valley and outside of New York and maybe lesser extent, LA and Boston, those people, you know, they come on the Shark Tank. None of them started, well, not some of them come on, but 90% of them start with nothing, you know, and they just had an idea and they started selling locally. And that's where the best businesses are born. Um, who, who does win in, economically in a time like this, Mark? I mean, if you're selling toilet paper, you're winning, you yeah. know, um, if that, you're, um, to Bippy, check out with that. We have a portfolio company that sells toilet paper. Yeah. I've, I've got one dude wipes, right. That, that sells an alternative to toilet paper and they're killing it. Yeah. If you sell grocery stores, if you sell things that, um, that are going to be stored in a pantry or you're going to keep, who is this dude on the, <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to block him. I'm trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. That's funny. It's happening, you know, all with these. I don't know how to do it though. We're trying, y'all. It's okay. That's pretty funny. I don't think it's funny. Kevin Gang. (laughs) That's pretty good. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Um, where oh yeah, so there's gonna be companies, you know, that um 
are are killing it right now. And so, you know, there's going to be opportunities there. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to close the chat for now. Okay. I don't have to do that, everybody, but uh, someone's being odd. Okay. So let me look at more questions though, because the Q&A is still open. Let's see. Um, someone wants to know a very kind of a specific question. Claire wants to know, you mentioned that you're still paying people uh, as if business were usual in some cases. Are you doing this from a cash reserve? Where is it coming from? Just, I think they want to know for their own kind of company. How Just because it's the right thing to do, you know. But where I, is it? Where is it coming from? Look, it, it's just to me logic, right? Okay. The value of another dollar to me isn't going to change my life at all. Right. The value of another dollar to the people that work paycheck to paycheck, get paid by the hour, and don't aren't sure when the next hours are coming from. That means everything to them, and so it's it's a small token. Um, but it's just, it's something I've done before. You know, it's not just because of this. I've done it before, um, you know, where things have happened and people haven't been able to work or whatever, you know, but it's, I, I do it because I can. Yeah. And I think what you may be saying but, uh, beneath a lot of this is that there's some coming out of your pocket, but we, I won't assume here. Um, Mark, Dan wants to know, and I can attest to this. He says, I heard you read every email you receive. How do you, how do you best appreciate someone trying to start a relationship with you? I also want to know, how do you do it? Like how, literally I will write to you and you'll be on the set of shark tank and you'll be like responding to me. I'm like, <laughs> you did that because I don't do calls or meetings. I don't do calls or meetings. How many times have we had calls or meetings? Never, not once. Right. So everything via email for two reasons or three reasons in the past anyways, you know, in the past, it would be like, so how's the family? Who got the donuts? What's going on? What are you doing tonight? I don't have time for that. You know, um, I just don't. And, you know, so I got I got used to doing everything via email. And if there's something really important, then we can meet. And if it's something really super important, then we'll get on the phone. You know, if it's something we can only deal with that way. So I do 99% of things via email. And so I'm just trying to chop them out of my email box. So, you know, because that's kind of my tickler file, whatever's unread or that I reset to unread, that's what I still have to get done. So I'm trying to get through them as quickly as possible. And, you know, like, you know, Arlen, I try to get reports from all my portfolio companies and I always want bad news first because Mm -hmm. I invested from you because I, with you, because I expect good news, you know, it's not going to surprise me, but when something's going wrong, I want to know about it so I can help you, but that's how I get through it. So, you know, it, it's it's crazy. I might get a thousand now. I'm getting you know ungodly amounts of emails, and I'm staying up late. But I want to get through them all because I want to try to reply to as many people as I can. Does your wife say there are certain hours you just need to put that phone away? Because <laughs> all the time, all the time, my kids, my wife, you know, all the time. I think we'll we'll use that moment too because I've asked you this before on stage. You're now being asked again very recently. Tell us what's up with the presidential stuff. Uh, yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm hearing, I'm seeing all kinds of stuff that you're willing to do it. It's still open. Yeah, and- Cause people always ask me that, you know, and I just like to tease them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You never want to say never cause you never know what happens. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if there's 63 million people that ask me, then I'll say yes. If there's 62,999,000, the answer is no. <laughs> I think maybe three years ago, I, you know, maybe people would have said no to anybody, you know, that the very specific, I won't do it, but like, it's a new world today. Um, New world. Yeah. You know what? There's going to be new leaders and 
you know, like I say all the time, you don't have to be the leader to be a leader. And this is an opportunity to, for everybody to stand up in your company, in your neighborhood, in your community, wherever you have the opportunity to contribute and, and help people, there's no better time to do it. This is, this is new turf for everybody. And when things are all new, that's when the heroes are born. That's when leaders get to show their leadership. You know, like Arlen doing this and trying to help. You know, this is where the leaders rise to the top. But why not you? You know, why not me? Why not anybody? There's all the old rules are out the door. Everybody's looking for answers. You know, the, the one thing about this circumstance, the situation we're all in, is that nobody has all the information. All we have is imperfect information. We don't know when this thing's going to end. We don't know. We, we think we're going to be able to cure it and create a vaccine. And I'm pretty confident we will. We don't know when or for sure. And we still don't know enough about it to know exactly how it's all going to play out. And when you deal with imperfect information, you make imperfect decisions. It's more ready, fire, aim than ready, aim, fire. And not everybody can deal with that, but it opens the door for people who are resilient, for people who are agile, for people who are quick learners and, and continuous learners, because everything's changing and you've got to be a continuous learner. You know, a month ago, people thought you couldn't spread it if you were asymptomatic and then, you know, this would work and then that would work. And we're learning something different every day. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to pay attention and be an, a, a continuous learner. And then when you have an opportunity where you say, you know what, this is something I can do that can make a difference. This is a company I can create. This is something that I think will have a network effect and I'm starting to see it. Then you go and you become a leader. Yeah. I'm going to go back to a question that I forgot to ask. <clears throat> what happened to that dude who took all your, your rent money? Did you, I mean. Uh, Dave O'Brien, that's a great line. Um, so Dolby, we called him like 2006, I think. I got an email. Hey, cubes, it's Dolby, you know, da, 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 da. I'm like, dude, you stole our money. I'm not saying shit to you until you send me a check. And he did. <laughs> wow. and I cashed it and gave it to everybody. And I still have that check. So. You just feel like and they never called, never responded back to him after I got the check. But yeah, that's incredible because some people would have would have chased him down, and that there's just no point, right? You know, it's like when when the lady stole the money. I've had a couple companies where people have committed fraud or whatever out of hundreds, you know, that I've invested in. It happens, right? There's just I've got too much I can do to create and to make money and to build businesses to go backwards. That's why with all this stuff, with this reset we're going through. That's why it's just like, I'm not a Trump fan, but why, why waste the energy on screaming and yelling at a dude we know can't deal? You know, why not put that towards something that can be positive? Because that, now we need that more than ever. Mm -hmm. It ain't about what he's doing. It's about what we do. And now the door is wide open because everybody's facing the same adversity and nobody has a solution. And when that happens, you just go. You just go. You don't let anything hold you back. We have a couple of questions about being a parent in this environment and working from home and running a company and also what your day-to-day -day looks like these days. We touched on it with the emails, but can yeah. you combine those two questions? Yeah, you see my mess behind. Oh, yeah, I guess you don't. You see the virtual background. It, it, uh, this is where, I, you know, I do my stuff or I'll be out there seeing with my kids on my phone doing my email. But, you know, it's hard. It's hard on them. You know, um, I have three kids, 10, 13 and 16. The youngest is my son. I know he's handling the best because, you know, he can just, you know, screw around and, and play 2K and, you know, school's making him turn in homework and stuff like that online. But um, 
you know, the 13 and 16 year old Alyssa and Alexis, they're kind of struggling. You know, it's, you know, for teenage girls, the optimum situation is not being stuck with your parents 24 <laughs> seven, you know? And so I, I literally had to have a sit down with my 16 year old right after I heard that they announced that it'd be May 20th and say, you know what, Lex, you're the oldest, you know, now you're going to have to put family first because we're stuck for a while. And there's going to be a lot of forced family fun at the Cuban household. And I want you to be in charge of it because you're going to say no to any ideas anybody else has. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be your idea, you know? And so it, the challenges we face is no different than anybody else. Yeah. It's a negotiation. Always. Right. And that kind of reminds me a little bit, like, again, kind of going away from coronavirus and just day to day. Do you, have you seen in your children that they are master nego negotiators? Because yes. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? My, my son wants to negotiate everything. My oldest daughter is 16 and she's already a 50 year old lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> my little daughter is different. Um, she, she's more um, heartfelt and more touchy feely and more emotional, um, more of an athlete than the rest of us. But you know, she's still at 13, she's still trying to find her way, but they're all great kids. But my 10 year old and my 16 year old are negotiating everything. Um, I don't know where they get it from, <laughs> you know, or everything's a business. I don't know where, where they get it from, but yeah, that, that's, that's an adventure because it's like, I see myself and they're throwing me right back at me. So yeah. it's fun a lot of times and it's exciting watching them grow up. And look, as a parent, you know, my wife and I, you know, we, we try to take the positive out of all of this because we get to spend all this time and they're forced to spend this time with us. It's no, okay, I'll see you guys later. I'll be back. What's my curfew? Better be back by your curfew. And, you know, we can track them now with, um, you know, um, what's it called? Life 360, mm. where, you know, we know where their phones are and where they're going and all that. But, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, so I can see the, the positive of it, but they ain't seen it yet. So we'll see what happens over the next couple months. Well, Glory Keynes wants to know, what is your advice for college students who will be graduating this year, given everything? Yeah. Take any job. Take any job, it doesn't matter. You don't need the perfect job because you don't know what that's gonna look like. And don't look at it as a career, right? You're a free agent. You know, you're going out there, you're signing a one-year rookie contract and you're seeing how good you are and you're gonna learn and pay attention. You know, you spent your time in college paying to learn. Now this is your chance to get paid to learn. And when you go to a company, I don't care if you're working as a bartender, barmaid, barback, you know, bagging groceries at a grocery store, you know, don't just put your headphones on and ignore everything around you. Pay attention because it's the best business education you can ever get. I learned more from the companies that fired me and the jobs I hated than I did from the jobs I liked because I got to see what not to do. I got to see what, how not to treat people. I got to see how not to sell. And all those things became valuable tools for me um, as I started my own companies. Um, someone wants, oh, Shamita wants to know, can you share any public examples that any of your portfolio companies have done as an, as an interesting or successful pivot in the past few weeks since COVID-19 has emerged? Not in the past few weeks, sorry, um, 6.30, okay. Not in the past few weeks, no. Um, it's still too early. I mean, yeah. it's only been a few weeks. Um, I think the biggest focus we pushed out um, to our portfolio companies is to apply for the PPP loan yeah. and getting them prepared for that and helping them get their information organized. And if they have had layoffs and they couldn't avoid it, helping their people get ready to get um, um, public assistance. 
Let's talk a little bit more about that. Uh, and we'll, again, we will talk about that on our 430 Pacific call. Go to itsaboutdamntime.com to register for that. That's a CPA who's going to be giving a lot of information about it. But just, I know you have been a proponent of all of like the stimulus package of getting as much information to people as fast as possible. Yep. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So if you go to sba.gov or treasury.gov slash cares, you can see a lot of the details and the information. But the most important thing is one, applying for it, and two, recognizing the information you have to put together because it's easy to get frazzled by it all. You know, they want to know what your payroll was. They want to know, you know, how you tracked everything. They want to know, you know, tax some relatively tax information. You know, so these are things you're going to have to put together. And you can do it not just if you have a regular business or um, a partnership, but also if you're an independent contractor or a gig worker. So you're going to have to put together information you may not otherwise normally put together. And let's just hope if you get tips, you declared all that with the IRS because you'll get more money if you did. Um, but yeah, the, the most frazzling part is just aggregating all the information. So for some people, it's going to be going through all your receipts or just putting together whatever, however you kept your books and getting that information organized, printed out and get it, being able to get it to your bank so you can get the loan. And also realize what's different about these loans is that the banks will approve them all. In the old, with the old SBA um, loans pre-corona, um, you have to go to you had to go to the SBA and the SBA had to approve it. In most cases, not all. Now the banks could approve it, and you don't have to personal guarantee. You don't have to sign away your life. You just have to certify that all the things that you say are true. And if you don't want to have to pay it back, just hire, just retain all your employees, and hopefully hire some more um, over the next couple months. And Mark, do you have a few more minutes? Yeah, I've got probably five more minutes. Perfect. Okay. Um, a lot of people have asked about hiring in this climate. Uh, either they were getting ready to hire before this started or there's, they, they do need to hire right now. How do they attract people right now? And how do they make decisions so quickly when, when you don't have that same runway of time? To, to Well, first, hire slow and fire fast. That should always be a rule in your business, right? You don't want to rush into hiring, particularly now. But you do want to get the word out there on social media or whatever you used previously, because there's going to be a lot more candidates than there would have other, otherwise been um, since so many, because so many people are getting laid off and fired. So, you know, yes, hire, please, please hire, you know, um, pay a living wage, but you don't have to overpay. Hopefully you can hire two people or three people instead. Um, but yes, do it because you're going to be helping. And when it, and if you need it for your business, do what you got to do, but be be good at hiring. Yasmin wants to know. This is a really interesting question. I think she wants to know. Do you do you think, or they want to know? Do you think sir, some entrepreneurs and founders of newer companies go back into the workforce force right now in this unsettling time? Depends on the company. You know, it depends on how you think you can do. It depends on what you think is going on. You know, that's that's part of being an entrepreneur. You have to make those hard decisions. Um, you know, and it's really a balance based off what your requirements are personally. You know, what does it take for you to live? You know, maybe you have a spouse or a partner that's working and you aren't or vice versa. Or maybe your, your spouse or partner lost their job and now there's more of a, of a stress and paying the bills. And if that's the case, go get a job. Look, there's no shame in getting a job. Are you kidding me? I mean, just go do what you think makes you most comfortable. Look, the definition of success in my mind is waking up in the morning with a smile on your face. Yeah. If that reduces your stress and you good, 
go and do what it takes, right? Because these are different times and, you know, not everybody was built to be an entrepreneur and, and at this level of stress. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, I always say, people always ask, well, when do I, when can I start a business? When should I start a business? You already know when, when, when it's time to start a business, you'll know it's time to start a business because you'll be prepared and you'll be ready. And if you're not prepared and you're not ready and you're not sure, go get a job. Yeah. We'll close out. And I really appreciate all your time. I know everybody else does too. We'll close out with a couple of questions that are more about like the, the, the media work that you do and the sports work that you do. Uh, again, going back to sports, don't know much about it. So don't know the jargon, but when do you, when do you imagine if you had to guess people are going to be able to see basketball again, is there going to be a way that we can watch basket professional basketball without the audience? Yes. Yeah, I mean, when the time comes and the doctors and scientists say it's safe, then I'd imagine that the NBA will go back and start playing games because I think we need it. Even you, Arlen, not a basketball fan, you know, or a sports fan, when a team is winning and you feel everybody excited and the whole city is fired up, you know, you don't have to be a sports fan to appreciate it. I love one-on-one sports, I'll say. I like Serena. I like, I like the, the one-on-one. Yeah, so, but you know, okay, so you get excited, you get amped up. And we need that, right? We need something to cheer for. We need something communal where the whole team can get behind the Dallas Mavericks or where the whole city can get behind the Mavs or the Cowboys or the Stars or the Rangers, whoever it is, right? We need that because we want something positive to get excited about. So sports has a moral obligation, and I think the NBA recognizes that, to try to come back when it's safe. And so, yes, we'll come back, and you won't be able to go to the event but you'll be able to watch it on TV. Could you imagine if the Olympics weren't postponed and the United States had some rowing team or whatever, and we were huge underdogs and we were taking on the Russians or the Chinese, like something out of Rocky, the entire country would be on fire rooting for them because that's what we need right now. We need teams to root for. Yeah, I used to be very aggravated by by weekend Twitter because of all the sports. And now I miss them. I miss everybody being so excited about whomever. Did Most what. of them were yelling at me, so don't feel bad. <laughs> all right. And the last question I'll ask you is going back to Shark Tank. Uh-huh. I know you guys usually, or you all usually tape in the summer. And some, are you all going to be able to do something online or how are you going to do that? No, we'll do it the same way. We'll just delay it until it's safe. Okay, you know, so because there's, there's so much production involved. And I will say, since you set me up, Shark Tank is on tonight, Friday nights on ABC. So tune in. Hey, Arlie, what I tell you, you got to always be selling, right? Yeah. Always be selling. Do it. And so, you know, what else have you got to do? You're staying home. You're an entrepreneur, right? Always sell them. It's about damn time you watch Shark Tank and read Arlen's book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate your time. Uh, say hi to the family and I think everybody appreciates it there would be applause if we were out somewhere but I hear you. Uh, thanks for all you're doing as well no thank you Arlen thank you for what you're doing and thanks for always teaching me thanks take care hey, everybody Mark's gonna go I'm gonna say goodbye to everybody I uh, hope you have a great day let us know how you uh, what you thought of it and uh, we'll, we'll see you soon <laughs>